Welcome to Bible Baptist Church Online. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today and hope that the message from God's Word will be a blessing to you. I have a question for you. How many of you would be honest to admit that you are a people watcher? If you're watching now, maybe drop in the comments if you're willing to admit that right now, that you enjoy watching people. I'll be honest, for me, uh, a, a comfortable bench, a chocolate milkshake, a soft pretzel, and a mall full of people equals hours of entertainment. I could sit there for a while just watching people. I enjoy that, and I know many people do. And maybe that's you today. And if it's not you, realize somebody's probably watching you. And uh, people watching is a big thing. Uh, when my girls were young, we spent many hours of our time on our vacation in malls across North America. In our family, there are two of us who really enjoy shopping, and there are two of us who really don't enjoy shopping. And so if you know my family, you can probably guess which two do, which two don't. But it was Nikki and I who would sit outside in the mall on a bench, uh, maybe on a, with a snack or something, and we'd play a little game we call uh, Name That Person. And so we'd sit there, and we'd watch people as they go by, and I would say, hey, guy in the blue shirt. And we each take a few seconds and we both shoot out a name that we think that that guy looked like. Oh, there's Jedediah. No, Jerome or whatever. We, we pick a name that we thought that the guy looked like or the girl looked like. And so we kind of did some people watching as we waited for Jackie and Jessica to finish their shopping. Well, for the next few weeks, we're going to invite you to do some people watching. We're going to invite you to look at some stories of the Bible and watch the master, Jesus Christ, as he interacts with people. So through the lens of God's word, we can look back 2,000 years and watch Jesus Christ, God on earth, as he interacts with people just like us. Sometimes it's hard for us to picture Jesus Christ uh, and, and the stories of the Bible, and sometimes it's hard for us to picture ourselves in the Bible, but I hope we can do that through this series of messages. And we've kind of uh, called this series the master's class uh, the people skills of jesus so watching the master as he interacts with people in the bible so looking specifically at those things that we can learn and and uh, this idea came as a suggestion from one of our small groups we want to take this and, and kind of run with it for the next few weeks so let me give you a couple reasons why i think you should listen to these messages uh, number one the bible is very clear that jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever. And so as we watch Jesus Christ interact with people 2,000 years ago through the stories of the Bible, we know this, he has not changed. And he would treat us the exact same way that he would treat the people in the Bible. And so we can learn from these messages how Jesus treats us. Secondly, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ already, then we are called to be like Jesus Christ. And we can learn a lot from the master on how to treat other people. So this is really a practical help on how to deal with your neighbor who wants to split the cost of offense with you. It's a practical help for you uh, with that coworker that is always a little bit annoying. Maybe that cousin at a family reunion that you tried to avoid. Or maybe even the girl behind the counter at Tim Hortons that you'll interact with this week. And these simple uh, studies of Jesus' life and how he interacted with people, we want them to be a blessing and a help to you as you go through your week each and every day thinking about how Jesus would handle the situation. So we're going to look at some familiar stories from a little different angle. And today we're going to look at John chapter 4. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to John chapter 4. 
Again, a very familiar story of how Jesus interacted with the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. We call her both in the story, the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. So here in John chapter 4, we find Jesus Christ is in Judea. Now, Judea is uh, the province in the south of the nation of Israel. And that's where the, the city of Jerusalem would be. He's in the south and he wants to head toward Galilee, which is the province in the north. And in the middle between those two is the province of Samaria. And so Jesus Christ is on his way from the south to the north. And here's what the Bible says, picking up the story in John chapter 4 and verse number 4. And he must needs go through Samaria. Let me stop there. Very simple verse, just kind of setting the stage that Jesus Christ needed to go through Samaria. Now, it, it makes common sense if you're in the south and you want to go through north and you have to go through the middle, which would be Samaria. But it, it's understood that uh, from historians like Josephus and different guys back in those days, that oftentimes the Jews would go out and around Samaria because they did not enjoy the Samaritan people. There was a boundary, a, a natural boundary, uh, a, a racial boundary between them and how they got along. And so there was no love lost between the Samaritans and the Jews. So often they would go out and around rather than go Samaria. But the Bible here says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. And we could say, well, he needed to go through there because that was the most direct route. But we believe that he needed to go through there because he had an appointment with a lady at the well. And in fact, later on in the story, we see that Jesus Christ talks about that his meat was to do the will of the Father. And it's his will to go see this lady. So here we are in John chapter 4. He must needs go through Samaria. Look at verse number 5. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar near to the uh, parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jo uh, Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, and thus on, sat thus in the well, and it's about the sixth hour, so about noontime. Now cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. So here we begin the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. What can we learn from his engagement, from his uh, conversation here? Number one, his engagement. I want you to understand his engagement. He, Jesus Christ ignored the obvious barriers. He ignored the obvious barriers. In fact, the next verse tells us, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. The, she understood the divide. There was a natural barrier, a natural divide. These divides were not real in Jesus' mind, but they're real in the, in the idea of the society. And even this woman said, What are you, a Jew, talking to me, a Samaritan woman? You know, as we read about history, uh, we believe that even the Jews would not even uh, often eat the food of the Samaritans and maybe even drink their water. And so here Jesus asks a drink of this woman. And you cannot find an odder couple to have a conversation than Jesus Christ and this woman at the well. Here's Jesus, a male Jewish rabbi. And here we have this lady who we'll find out is a struggling female Samaritan opposite ends of the extreme. So many barriers. And I want you to understand that Jesus broke down and ignored the barriers. He didn't break down. He just ignored them. As she brought up this, this uh, conversation, what, what are you even talking to me? We have no dealings with each other. He just ignored that and went on with the conversation. He ignored the barriers. I want you to notice here too, he talked to her alone. I think that's a great thing we can learn about dealing with people. He had this conversation with this lady 
while his disciples were gone. It's often better to have hard conversations or important conversations or honest conversations when there's no crowd around. Many times when I would work with teenagers, uh, I'd have a crowd or three or four guys that would come along or I'd be talking to them. And it's a different dynamic when you're talking to three or four teenage young men than if you're talking to one of them on their own. I remember many times that uh, they'd be all tough and they'd be almost a little bit rude. And, and that's just kind of their personality when they're in their gang or with their, with their guys. But you talk to that one young man alone, it's a whole different conversation you could have. And here Jesus was wise in that he had this conversation with a woman while she was alone and not influenced by others' opinion. You know, that may have been a different conversation if there are other people around watching Jesus talk to the, this lady. And so Jesus used wisdom. And maybe that's something we can learn about dealing with people. Do we have an honest conversation that we need to have? Is there uh, a, a tough conversation we need to have? Picking the right time. Picking the right time to talk to your kids about what they've done wrong. Maybe not in front of their friends. Maybe a little bit later on. Using the wisdom of Jesus, the master, in dealing with people, he talked to her alone. Here in the story, we see that Jesus found some common ground. He deals with her on her own turf here in her country at Jacob's well. Interesting about Jacob's well, uh, Jacob would be a Bible character that both the Samaritans and the Jews both had in common. They both looked to Jacob as one of the patriarchs or one of the leaders of their country. And so they both had Jacob uh, as a common ground. And here he talks to her about the initial conversation is, can you give me a drink of water? And we don't know the tone of voice it's so hard sometimes just reading the, the, the Bible, not knowing the tone of, I would like to be there and, and hear. I can imagine that this is not spoken roughly by Jesus. He's, he's very kind to this woman throughout the conversation. Give me to drink. And so he finds a common ground. They're both there for water. And so he starts the conversation on a common ground. Again, a lesson we can learn as we try to engage. Let me ask you this question. Are you engaging? Are you a person that's easy to talk to? Are you a person that uh, ignores barriers or brings down barriers? That's who Jesus Christ was. And if we're going to be like Jesus Christ in our dealings with people, we got to learn to be engaging, open and able to have those conversations. And so I think it's a great lesson we can learn from Jesus Christ here and how he was engaging and ready to have this conversation with a woman who obviously was not ready to have a conversation with him. Her first reaction is, what, what are you even doing talking to me? Why are you a Jewish man talking to me, a Samaritan woman? Because even in that culture, for a man to talk to a woman was unusual. It was not the normal. And so we can think about all the things in our society that would keep uh, people from having honest conversations. But here, Jesus Christ ignored those barriers and was very engaging with the woman. So we see really something we all need to work on is how engaging are we? Going back to our a couple uh, of illustrations there, the woman, the lady who's behind the counter at Tim Hortons, are you engaging with her? Are, are, you, are you kind to her? My daughters both worked at Tim Hortons and they would come home with stories of how they were treated uh, by customers as a worker at Tim Hortons. And it really wasn't worth the minimum wage they're being paid, I'll be honest with you. To, uh, to, people thought that because they purchased a cup of coffee for $2, they could treat the person behind the counter any way they wanted. They were not 
engaging. And so here we see Jesus Christ and his engagement. Also, as we read through the story, we'll see uh, not only his engagement, but his avoidance. There's some things that Jesus Christ avoided here in this story. Let's look down to verse number nine. I'll pick up the story there again. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it was that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Let me just say, we're looking at the people skills of Jesus, and really, uh, that's not the main point of this passage. The main point of this passage, and we'll get to it, is that Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the living hope. That's the main passage, and he presents himself as the living water. Look, look on there. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou the, this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? So she asked several questions here. And I want you to know, notice that in this section, that as she asked these questions, Jesus did not directly answer the question. He doesn't answer the question uh, about why you even talk to him. He doesn't answer that. He just keeps talking, having the conversation. Uh, she asks the question about how you're going to draw water out. He doesn't answer that question. He doesn't uh, answer the question, you know, are you greater than Jacob, our father? I mean, that'd be a whole conversation about, you know, who's better, the Jews or the Samaritans. You could get off topic. And he didn't answer that question. So Jesus handles her questions and he avoids the unnecessary. And I want you to notice, as we go through the study, maybe we'll see this later on, that Jesus handles questions differently on different occasions. So it's not like a one-size-fits-all. It's not like that everything that Jesus did here, we need to do every time we have a conversation. There'll be times that we need to answer a question. In fact, we'll see in Jesus' life, sometimes he avoids the question like he did here. Sometimes he answers a sincere question. And sometimes he attacks those who are asking him a question to try to deceive him or trick him. And so he handles it differently. And we need to have good judgment as to know how to handle a question. In fact, maybe it's a good question to ask ourselves when we deal with people. Is this a question I should answer? And how should I answer? It's a good question for us as we deal with people. So here Jesus chooses to avoid the question because they were not necessary to the conversation that he was wanting to have with this woman from Samaria. So Jesus not only avoided her question, but he also avoided controversy. Look down to verse number 20. In verse number 20, the woman says this, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she brings up a controversy. Uh, he's talking about the living water, uh, he's talking about other things. And she brings up this controversy. Well, your people say we should worship in Jerusalem, and my people say we should worship over here. And so she brings up the divide. And here, again, Jesus Christ does not jump into that controversy. Uh, he, he talks, look at his answer to her, the next verse. Jesus says unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know that we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. 
And look down what it says in verse 24. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so he avoids, it doesn't matter if you worship in Jerusalem. There'll be a time where Jerusalem won't matter. uh, Samaria won't matter because you worship God in spirit and in truth. Jesus Christ is coming to change things. And the whole system of religion is going to be blown out of the water by Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. And we can worship and we worship now. I preach here today at 32 Park Ave, but our service will be at 320 Highbury. It doesn't matter where we worship. We worship God in spirit and in truth. And so he avoids that necessi- the unnecessary controversy. Let me ask you a question. As you deal with people, are you willing to avoid the unnecessary or do you have to be right? <laughs> have you ever met somebody that has to be right? No matter what, they ha- at all costs, they're going to prove their point. They will be right. There's an old saying in a, in a marriage. You can be right or you can be happy. <laughs> right? There's some truth to that. As a husband, you can be right or you can be happy. So let me ask you, do you have to be right? Do you head right into an unnecessary controversy just to prove your point. Jesus Christ didn't do that. He had, he had a, a, an object in mind, a goal in mind, so he was ready to ignore the unnecessary controversy. He said, don't worry about that. There'll be a time where you'll worship God in spirit and in truth. We're not talking about where we worship. And those, that's the conversation she wanted to have. He avoided that. So you might win the argument, but you might lose the opportunity, right? So if Jesus Christ goes into this discussion and he has this discussion, he would win the argument for sure, but he might miss the opportunity to tell her about salvation, about Jesus Christ himself. Here's a great lesson for us as we deal with people. There are times that we need to avoid the impulse to always be right, or to always prove our point, and we put that aside because there's a greater opportunity ahead. I hope we can learn this from Jesus in that he was engaging. Are you engaging to people and ready to have that conversation? Are you willing to avoid the unnecessary, the unnecessary questions, the unnecessary conflicts, so that you can get to the opportunity to present the truth. That's what Jesus did in this conversation. So we see his engagement. We see his avoidance. Now also I want you to see his openness. His openness. Kindness, honesty, and sincerity go a long way in every conversation. Let me say that again. Kindness, honesty, and sincerity will go a long way in every conversation. Here, Jesus Christ got to a very open and honest conversation with a woman that he didn't even know. Look at, going back up in, the, in our chapter, look at verse number uh, 15. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not thy husband. In this thou saidest truly. 
So he got to an open conversation. Now, obviously, we're not Jesus Christ. We don't have the knowledge that Jesus Christ did. But in the way he handled this conversation, he allowed her to reveal the details about herself, about not having a husband. Of course, Jesus Christ knew that she had had five husbands. This lady had uh, some emotional baggage. She had gone through five relationships and in the current relationship, which wasn't her husband. And so he allowed her in this open conversation to reveal things about herself. And he was listening. I think it's a great um, truth for us to learn in a conversation as we deal with people. Are you a good listener? So the question is not so much, are you a great conversationalist or are you a great communicator? The question is, are you a great listener? Are you listening to what people are saying with empathy and sympathy? Are you trying to understand their point of view? Do you see that Jesus Christ saw the need? He saw the real need. She thought she needed water, but what she needed was the Savior. And he was able to see past the physical need to the spiritual need. Are we able to do that? Are we a good listener? Are we able to uh, have communications with people and allow them to talk about themselves. I read a book years ago about dealing with people, and, and the author said it this way, can you get people to unpack their wagon? Can you get people to tell you uh, their story? Can you get people to feel comfortable around you? Are, is there that openness with people? The Bible says it this way, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Are you the type of person that is swift to hear, and maybe not so ready just to jump in. So often we're thinking of what we're going to say next or how we can get our point across. But are we a good listener? Jesus was interested in her. Too often in our dealings with people, we're interested in us. I go back to that little illustration of a talking to a Tim Hortons worker. When you talk to that worker at the counter, what are you interested in? You're probably interested in getting your coffee the way you like it, as fast as you can get it. But are you interested in her or him? And that is a big thing that we need to learn from Jesus Christ because he was God, because he was God in the flesh. His focus was always on the people he was talking to. He was so open and honest with them. He had earned the right to be direct with her through his conversation. And he says to her very clearly, Here's the problem. You, you've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. There's something missing in your life. There's an emptiness that you can't fill. And he shows her her need. What a, ma what a master's class and how to deal with people. And he is very open also, not only about her need and her situation, but so open about the solution. Let's look down at verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he come, he shall tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Very direct, very clear, very plain. Basically, he said to the lady, you have a, you have a problem. You have an emptiness. And I'm the Messiah. I'm the solution. I'm the answer. I'm the Savior. I'm the Christ. Very clear. He's very open about the situation that she was in and very open about the fact that he was the solution 
to her problem. And I've got to tell you, as much as we talk about the people skills of Jesus, this is the main idea of the passage that Jesus Christ is the living water. Jesus Christ still is the solution for those who are searching and who are empty and who cannot find what they're looking for. It's Jesus Christ. And here in the story is the same as it is 2,000 years later today in St. Thomas. This lady had to realize that she had a need. She had to realize that she had tried to fulfill that need on her own and it wasn't happening. She had to recognize that Jesus was the Savior. As he said, I'm the Christ, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Savior. And we had to recognize that Jesus Christ is the Savior today. And then you have to receive Jesus Christ, just like she did. I won't take time to read the rest of the story. But the Bible teaches us that this day, this woman at the well who walked out to get some water came back a changed person. She had accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. She became a follower of Christ that day, knowing her need, knowing that he was the solution, and she received. In fact, the, the Bible calls that many things. The Bible calls it being saved. The Bible calls it being born again. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You could be saved today if you'll know that Jesus Christ is the solution. Maybe today you're watching and you're longing and you're searching and you can't find what you're looking for. May I encourage you to turn to Jesus Christ, the living water. He said here that I could give you living water and you'll never thirst again. All that this woman was looking for all those years through five different men, now the sixth man in her life, she could not find, but she found in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is still the solution today. And think about this story. There are all kinds of reasons that this conversation should not have happened. It shouldn't have happened because it was a Jew and a Samaritan. It shouldn't have happened because it was a man and a woman. It shouldn't have happened because it was a rabbi and maybe a lady who was suffering and struggling. But this lady had made some past decisions that made her life very difficult, but her life changed the day that she met Jesus. Do you need Jesus today? That's the main point of the story. But we're looking at this story in light of our people skills. Dealing with people, just like Jesus would. Will you treat people this week the way Jesus did? Have you learned anything from the master today about how to deal with that neighbor, that coworker, that cousin at the family reunion, uh, the girl behind the counter? Have you learned anything from the master this morning? Have you learned how to be engaging have you learned those topics that you should avoid and you don't need to be right? Because the opportunity is so big if we just avoid the, the, the need to be right. Have you learned to be open and honest and listen to people? Will you handle the rest of your conversations today differently because you learned something from the master? This really is a master's class in how to deal with people. So my questions for you as we close are this, twofold. Do you need Jesus Christ today? Has there been a time in your life where you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Or do you feel that longing, that emptiness in your life? If that's you today, we'd love to help you with that decision. Reach out to us. 
uh, do the connection card, give us a call. Call to Jesus right now and ask him to be your savior, confessing your sin to him. Let Jesus be the solution for you. I suspect that many who watch today have already asked Jesus Christ to be their savior. You claim to be a follower of Christ. But have your conversations over the past week shown you to be a follower of Jesus Christ? How you treat other people? Is there a situation maybe or interaction or a conversation that you're looking at right now in your life and you need wisdom from the master to handle that condition, that conversation correctly? Would you pray to God and ask him to help you with that conversation? Would you look at this story and see what Jesus did and take that and apply it in your life? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it was a master's class on how to deal with people. I hope that this message and this story today will be a help and encouragement to you this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we take this story and make it personal, help us to see how we can treat others the way you would treat them. Help us to uh, see uh, that the words that we choose and how we handle ourselves has an impact on people. And may we take advantage of every opportunity to show you to those around us. And Father, if there's some who are watching today that do not know you as their Savior, I pray that the, this simple story, as they look at your life, would be a help to them. It would draw them to a personal relationship with you. In the name of our Savior, we pray these things. Amen.